Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Monica Packer from About Progress, and this is How Do You, a monthly series where we hear from real women sharing how they are working on their progress with their identity, habits, and fulfillment. If you've ever been able to attend a race of any kind, you know the spiritual experience it can be even as someone who is cheering from the sidelines. It is so inspirational to see the many different types of people who have worked so hard to cross that finish line. But you can apply that same sentiment and magnify it in many ways, but also make it more doable in others and apply it to ultra running. Now, I'm sure if you hear ultra running, you think, uh, not for me. That sounds like someone who is at this like peak level of fitness, this extra level of intense and That's actually not true. Ultra running is a whole other subculture, as you're going to hear from our guest today, from the regular running on uh, roads and the races there. It's a lot more open. It's a lot more casual and relaxed. And our guest today is going to say it's even more approachable for normal people, even if you would describe yourself as not a good runner. 
Our guest today is Sid Garza-Hillman. Now, he's not a woman. I know typically we've we've actually only had women on the How Do You series, but I made an exception, one because Sid has been on the show in the past. In 2018, I had him on to talk about how to be a healthier parent, um, and that's when we kind of t- covered more parenting topics. But he reached out to me because he just released a book on ultra running for normal people. And I just thought the title alone was just so appropriate to us and what we do here that I asked him to do the How Do You series. And I think you're going to love Sid for starters, but I think you're also going to love how realistic and even approachable ultra running will seem after you hear from him and how he got into it and what you can do to become an ultra runner too, even as a normal person. Sid, welcome back to About Progress. Thanks, Monica. It's great to be here again, five years yeah. later, but yeah, really nice to see you. We were doing a little five-year recap and a lot has changed and also nothing has changed in both of our <laughs> lives. We're still doing what we're doing and uh, it was a joy to have you before. And I'm really excited to talk about what you've been up to in particular with ultra running, but let's start with a little bit of background on you. Tell us about you for those who were not here in 2018 and aren't familiar with you. Yeah, cool. Um, I am a main, I guess my main thing is that I'm a, a coach of stress management and, um, habit change and I'm a nutritionist and breathwork coach and running coach. And, um, but also an author of four, now four published books. My new one's coming out pretty soon, but yeah. And, um, you know, I have a podcast and YouTube channel and that's kind of stuff old, old, uh, back in the day and a full-time actor and an indie rock musician. So there's a lot of stuff going on here that's funneling in and still doing the music today. Actually the new thing you yes, what's new recorded a new album for the first time in 15 years, which is oh. pretty cool. Yeah. Recorded it down in LA and it's being mastered right now. So we're very excited about that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's who I am. Okay. You'll have to let me know when that's out. I read your last book and I did not know that about you. So now I'm just like, oh, there's a whole other area I need to go and explore from you. Well, this is awesome. We're going to be talking about ultra running today. And I love your focus on how normal people can become ultra runners. And that in particular really intrigues me as I would consider myself a normal person. And Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to exercise and a normal runner. So let's start with a little bit of setting and how you got into ultra running yourself and what led you down that path. Yeah. So I, I started, I mean, I've been a lifelong runner, but I want to be, make, make sure your listeners know, like I'm one of the normal people. Like when I say a runner, I was like two to three miles recreational that that's it. You know, I did a 10 K once and then I did one half marathon. I did when I was like 38. And one thing I realized is that I didn't enjoy races so much and I didn't, I liked running, but I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to get my, it was more like a thing to get over and get done with part of exercise kind of thing. But went back to school, became a nutritionist and, you know, wrote my books and I started, um, you know, eating a lot better, feeling a lot better and I'm getting older, but I'm feeling better. And I'm like, huh, you know, and so I just as a pure challenge decided to run a marathon when I was 45. Uh, a road, a road one, and so I ran two that year, um, about eight months apart, and you know did fine, but didn't enjoy it. it wasn't like oh, mm-hmm. can't wait. It was just like, huh. Coincidentally, or not, depending on how you look at it, um, discovered through the book Born to Run, and actually before that, uh, an article in Men's Health that was written by that guy who Chris Mc, Chris McDougal or whatever his name is, who wrote Born to Run, and that was my first like, well, wait, people run on trails? I had no mm-hmm. idea. I'm not kidding. It was like hiking. That's what you do on trails. You hike. And all of a sudden, this world of like trail running, what? So I just did a test. I like went out on a trail and it was like, aha, this is my mm-hmm. thing. I don't like the road stuff. There's no judgment. It's just not my bag. Um, trail. 
And it was like, whoa. So then I just, and through that book, discovered ultra running. So just on a lark, I was feeling pretty good. And I thought, let me just do this as a challenge. Now, this wraps into my overall approach of, of fear and stepping outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, and here I am, like, I'm, I cannot say it enough. Like, I'm not a good runner, I promise. I'll tell you the story of the race I ran last week. But anyways, um, and so I sign up for this 50 miler. And I start kind of looking into stuff like a podcast and a books and like, because I have no idea what I'm doing. So I decide to hire a coach and I kind of air quote that because this is a guy who he's, he is a coach. He's legit. He's in Indiana. And they're like, I was like, you're charging me nothing. Like it was crazy. And he, and he just basically did a Google Excel spreadsheet and kind of did my training. I hired him mm -hmm. for two months just to get me started. Then I was done. And then I kind of continued for another four months before I ran the race. And I did it. And I actually did a 50K as a training run leading up to the 50 miler. So my first true ultra wow. run was a 32 miler. And then I, and then I month later ran the 50 mile and did it. And, um, and so that, yeah, and that began, and that began really this kind of exploration into the sport itself. It also, oddly enough, uh, led me to ask if there must be an ultra run in my area. There wasn't. So I launched a race in 2016, my own, and I'm, it's in, it'll be in its seventh year in April. Sold that every single year. It's called the Mendocino Coast 50K, and it's an amazing, oh, yeah. fun. I've yeah, heard super, of it, actually. Yeah, it's an amazing race. Great. And like I said, no, I have no social media. Sells out. Last year, sold out in eight minutes. And um, it's just this very cool, under the radar. Incredible. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, here I am, like, directing a race. Again, no business. I have no experience at all. I'm just, like, exploring and researching. Like, how do you do that? I'm calling people. Like, what do you do? You know? And it, it's, been, it's been a pretty incredible thing. Very challenging, but, but incredible, like most things, right? So for someone who doesn't know what ultra means, uh, what, what does that mean distance-wise? It technically means anything over a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. So as soon as you step over 26.2 miles, you're, you're technically an ultra runner. Um, the thing that sets the, the, the sport apart is it, it large part, and I would say overwhelmingly, it's on trails. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's the thing that I picked up in the book is a, a large part of my approach and message with regard to ultra running has to do with the fact that you are on trails and what that what that reality presents to human beings being on trails. For instance, you can't really zone out too much because you'll fall. So mm -hmm. there's the natural terrain and how we relate to that natural terrain is a very profound and interesting aspect that we're, we've removed ourselves almost completely from nature in any real way. And we make such great effort to meditate. Well, guess what? Get on a trail, you're going to mm -hmm. meditate. You have to be present. It's not a, it's like a thing that puts us back into kind of this animal reality, which I really love, um, especially as a way to take a break out, out of the world. Um, and so, so that was really, you know, my bachelor's degrees in philosophy. And so all my books and everything I do is kind of with that backdrop. And so I saw ultra running as not a sport at all, but an experience that was life altering, um, mm. in terms of my life outside of ultra running. And so anybody can do it. Trust me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. It's, people assume it's for elite athletes and it can be, it just doesn't have to be. So that's what's interesting about the sport. I mean, from what I used to be a huge uh, blog reader of running and, and runners because I was really into it, had Runner's Magazine forever, still follow people, even though I technically can't run myself. But I feel like the culture is different around ultra uh, running. And in many ways, it's, it's weird. It's more approachable than maybe the typical like road races and the cultures there. Can you just tell people a little bit about why it, normal people might be surprised that ultra running is actually for them because of the culture? Yeah, thanks. Because it's a, it's a great question. I I think people assume because of the word ultra or whatever that it's like so out of the wheel. Oh no, that's just for p people who can't, you know, whether they're just nuts, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I actually found it way more accessible. It's a very, um, 
I think because of the distances, it's it's a it, to me there is some corporate involvement now. You know, Nike has an ultra team and Hoka, and, but on the balance, and especially in my race, it is a very under the radar kind of subculture thing. This is not flashy. It's not rah rah. It's very, um, you know, even the bigger races I've done within very short amount of time, you're by yourself on a trail. Yeah. There's no, you can't physically run with a group because you're in a single, you know, a lot of it's a single track trail. And it's, it becomes this very internal kind of thing. It's very approachable. It's not a competition. I just ran a race a week mm-hmm. ago, like I said, and I was, there was a point, I'll, if you want to hear about it, I can tell you later, but there was a point I where do. I was feeling it pretty, pretty good. Uh, not in a good way. Like I was really getting my butt kicked. And <laughs> there was runners that were running the longer distance that were like the lead runners. There was a hundred K also. And they were burning by me and like five or seven of them stopped and like, are you okay? They're like, they're running really? fast. They're the ones that are like trying to get the time. And they're like, you okay? I have snacks in my backpack if you want anything. Like it's the, mm-hmm. and I've seen that so many times that I just love that kind of, it's very human. It's very, in, in the best sense of the word, you know, and it's like this kind of return to what we are, think are designed to be and, and, and that kind of camaraderie in a very cool way, not a competition way, but a very, if there's competition, it's between you and yourself for most people. And it's a different style of running too. Like not, I'm saying this in quotes, you're allowed to walk more. It's, it's not, oh, it, yeah. it's like a combination of hiking and running and walking. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Me, there's, there's, it I depends on that. the race, but yeah, there's hills. I mean, this one I did was so hilly. I had no idea. I, on purpose, yeah. I kind of don't, don't want to know, but it's <laughs> actually more efficient often to hike the hills that are steep up because you burn more energy trying to run them and it's faster mm-hmm. to hike. So there's sort of an ultra runner hike, which is you put your hands on your knees and kind of, and you're, you're talking about super big verticals, you know? And so then, and then you run down and you run the flats and you maybe run the little hills. And so there's a strategy to, to, you're talking about being out there for six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours, mm-hmm. you know? So you have wow. to think past the first few miles and go, I've got a, it's the long view kind of thing, which again, I love that because I'm teaching people as a coach, I'm all about the long view. So it's a mindset shift that ultra running totally encapsulates. I don't know if it's still on Netflix or if it ever was on Netflix, but the Barkley yeah. documentary. Am I saying that right? Yeah, the Barkleys. Yeah. That, that, I don't even that's know what the, whole... ta- the name is. I can't remember the name. That's of... a beast. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a whole, like, that's a hundred, I think it's a hundred miler and it's like through thistle, like, you know, thorns and uh, yes. most races. That's like a whole extreme. And and, and the problem is. So maybe I shouldn't say don't watch that, but yeah. unless you just. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about those kinds of the thing about those kinds of things is they're fun to watch, but it is the thing that makes people go, these people are crazy. There's no way we're, you know, and so, but, but for most races that are not like that, um, like my race, my race is not easy. The one I direct, it's definitely, I would say middle range, not as hard as the one I just did, but it's middle range, but it's very accessible. I mean, people often it's their first race ever. And I don't mean first ultra. Sometimes it's their first race period. They've never even done a marathon or a half marathon and they just kind of do this. And these are moms and dads and grand. I have over four every year, over four, over seventies run my race. Amazing. And it's yeah. 33 miles, 33 miles. And with like 5,000 feet of climb, like it's not a joke. Hmm. O- always 10 plus over sixties and they're killing it. They're doing great. It's not even a thing like they get through. Like, oh, thanks. Like not their first, you know? So it's a very interesting sport. It's very different from lots of things in my opinion, because it's, it's a, uh, yeah, there's a lot wrapped up in it. Well, thank you for letting me ask so many other questions. I just love this whole world. Sure. I want to now speak to the people who are thinking about, well, and actually I'm one of them. Now I'm like, I actually could do this because I can't do like road running and like hard running, but I could probably do, I can jog here and there and I love hiking. So for those like me who are thinking, maybe I could do this, 
I'm going to ask the main question for this episode, and it's how do you become an ultra runner? Everything I coach when I coach people yeah, running others is I call I say mind first, body second. And the reason I do that is because everyone jumps to the training plan or the whatever. I do mind first, body second, which means before you take step one on a trail or whatever, think about the maybe resistance you have in your own head about it. Oh, it's for people who are whatever, type A, and it's, I'm not that way. You know, it's like, so kind of put those things into question. How afraid are you? It's terrifying. Gotta tell you, I've run 10 of them. And I was just like, the night before this last one was like, it's terrifying. Yeah. How do you, how do you negotiate those things? Are you, are you prepared mentally for those things? Um, and I would say training in multiple areas of your life, meaning how is your diet? Nobody, nobody gives a crap about that. They always go, oh, you can eat whatever you want. When you No, it's, this is about, do as a normal person, this isn't about winning. This is about winning in terms of your life and how you do it and have fun with it and how fast you recover. So mixing that up, diet, sleep, right? Breath work, mm -hmm. of course. That's my thing because I love it. Breath work. Yeah. And then also running. But see, also strength training. So the thing about mm -hmm. trails that people need to understand is it's not the pound, which is a good thing, but it's not the repetitive pounding that road running is. And that's why people who are runners sometimes have an issue with road running, but they don't on trails. And that's because the natural terrain, you are moving around in ways that you don't ever in real life. You, we walk and we walk and it's all right angles and perfect flat. But on trails, it's not. So I'm a big proponent of strength training, not huge, but, you know, side to side stuff, your hips moving, your, you know, all the kind of muscles that we just never engage are engaged and would be before we became the modern humans that we are. And so bringing those things in lightly and gently and starting to run, and you don't have to run a huge amount of distance right now or even ever really, but you start to run and take your time. Anybody can do it. And I, I mean, almost without exception, but then there's some people who just like, for whatever reason, they have like a thing that they can't run. I got it. But for most people, it is absolutely doable in a weird way that people are like, I have no idea because it sounds so gargantuan and crazy, but it actually is really accessible. So start looking at all areas of your life and then moving all of them forward in a way that gets you kind of ready. But don't jump into this 50 mile a week training plan right out of the chute because you're going to hate running okay. and you're probably mm -hmm. going to injure yourself and you're going to go, that's why I can't do it because my knees hurt. Yeah, because you went way too fast and you did no strength training and no stretching and no yoga and you just went running and then you don't like it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So do you find most people would have better success if they don't sign up for a race as like the way they jump into it? Or does that actually help? But it's far enough away that they are just so gradually getting into it before they even officially start the training plan that they're able to work on these whole areas. 
That's, that's a great question too. I, I, think, I think it depends on the person. I mean, for me, it's like I signed up for one and it was pretty far, like eight months in advance. And so, and mm -hmm. I had already run a marathon the year before. So it's not like I knew that I could kind of hit distances. And, you know, the first race, you know, the first technical race I ran was that training run, which was like 32 miles. And I had already run a marathon, which was 26. So it wasn't like, you know, out of the, you know, realm of possibility I knew. So it depends on what works for you. In general, I don't want people to feel an inordinate amount of stress. So if signing up for a race makes you all stress and anxious because now you have this thing hanging out, that might make you not sleep as well and make you, you know, a little stressed, a little too stressed. So for some people, having that goal out there gets them moving and they can kind of maintain their stress along the way. That's amazing. For some people, um, not signing it up and just saying, let me attend to getting a good, strong baseline of fitness and health, and then I'll look for some races once I get to a certain place. Great. They're both great. It just depends on kind of how you do and how you negotiate your life and what your real goals are. I really want people to understand my goal was never to win a race. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I didn't even look at my watch on this last race until a mile left. And I was like, wow, that was out for a long time. Like I don't wear yeah. a watch. Uh, the guy who wrote the forward in my book, this guy, Skip Brand, he calls it trail surfing. It's a very, it's a mindset of like, no watches, get out there, be there, be mm. there in a way that we are just not in the modern world, not with social media and everything else. You can actually experience this kind of stuff. And it's very cool. Like it's hard to explain until people actually get out there and they go, oh, this is what this feels like, you know, for themselves. It almost seems like a good way for them to start is to just learn more about that culture piece a little bit, like follow some ultra runners on Instagram or TikTok, uh, watch some videos, maybe not the Barkley one, but maybe some other ones that just kind of get, give you that sense of like, it does this match the goals of what I want in my life, which seem more big picture goals, like to be more present, to be more that's mindful, right. to take care of the whole body picture, to to do something that scares me. Um, those kind of things sound really helpful in just helping that's, them get started. Yeah. I mean, my book's laid out in the lessons that this board has taught me that are not about becoming a faster runner at none of them. In fact, mm -hmm. one of the lessons is to slow down. And that's a, that's a lesson. Those are the lessons that I brought into my life that I learned on the trails um, in a very cool way. And it's accessible. You know, look, I've run in Central Park. Um, I went on a running tour one time in Central Park. This I was speaking out there and this guy goes, I'm going to bring you out this running tour. I was like, running tour. Central Park, everyone runs around the reservoir. There's webs of trails in Central Park. Mm -hmm. well, single track trails, nobody's on them. And I'm going, you could be in New York and be a trail runner. Like it's kind of amazing. Amazing. Yeah. For some people who can't and whatever, but you can still run outside and you can still sort of change your mindset around being outside, um, being aware of things, not posting to social media every five seconds, but actually looking at the thing for the value of the thing itself. These are things I learned, you know, doing and kind of experiencing that. You know, at the time that I ran my first ultra, I had two, you know, my, my twins are now 14, but um, they were little and, and I would get up super early so that I could be back from the run by the time they woke up and, and to, you know, to be with them. And it was, um, it was a very cool kind of way to get out and in my head and quiet, mm -hmm. you know, and you have kids, so you know how it is and, and to have to kind of have that break. And it was really, really yeah. nice to, to explore that too. That's beautiful said. I would like to talk about your book too. The book is called Ultra Running for Normal People. Love that so much. Um, so what could they look for in the book? Are they looking for a how-to guide? Are they looking more for deeper reasons like you just talked about life lessons? Yeah, I tried to wrap all of it in one book and mm -hmm. I try, it's a little bit philosophy. It's a little bit memoir just as a normal guy, father of three, I work full time. So does my wife and, and, uh, pretty busy and pulled off and can pull it off. So again, if I can do it, anybody can. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, but the philosophy, so it is, there's a, bit of a, a guidebook. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. it. Now, what you won't okay. find in there is a chart. 
is a is a running chart. And and in fact, the editor was like, maybe we should have a chart. And then she kept reading as she was going through the first draft. She's like, oh oh, she she goes, okay, I see what you're going because yeah. I specifically say you will not find charts here. Now, mm-hmm. some people find solace in in the, especially in the first ultra having a chart, having a training plan. I got it. But there's a lesson in that book about versatility. And what's really interesting to me as a guy who was a little bit on the militant side with regard to to training plans for my first two marathons to the point where I got injured one time because the race, Mm -hmm. the the training plan said, do this run on this day. And I was exhausted and I shouldn't have done it. And I did it because it was on the paper. Got it. And and ultra running taught me to break that. And and, and I give Mm -hmm. big props to the coach, Matt Flaherty, who who I was speaking one time in Wisconsin. And I said, what do I do? Because he goes whatever. You, you don't have to follow the plan that week. Just do whatever you can do. And I was like, wait, but it's on the, it's on the Google doc. You have yeah. to do what it says. And he goes, no, you don't. You, <laughs> he goes, change it up. I'll change it up for you. And I was like, oh, and that's, that was kind of an aha moment of like, oh wait, you can adjust based on how you feel. We always talk about listening to our bodies, but we really don't, not in a real mm-hmm. way. And so all of a sudden I've never used a training plan since. I've never used a training plan since to run any, any race since then. Never, not once. I've run one of the best runners in the world in the history of the sport is this woman named Courtney Dolwalter. I'd love to meet her because she's fascinating to me, but she's killing it. No training plan, no coach. She goes, I go outside and see where my legs are going to take me that day. She goes by day. If she feels great, she'll push a little bit. If she doesn't, she'll go real light and she'll take a day off. And I love that aspect. I think personally, I love it, but also I think it appeals to a lot of people who are living normal, relatively normal lives who are trying to get this done. You can be versatile. You can mix it up. You can take a day off. It's it's going to be okay. And not only that, it's actually preferable because you're not pushing too hard and tanking and not enjoying the process. So much of this is appealing to me. I would love to know for you, what is one thing you would do a little differently if you could go back in time and start your ultra journey again? Um, I probably would. Um, well, it's a tough one because I kind of look back and go pretty, pretty cool. I think I I would probably go back to the marathon training, which led me to the ultra, mm-hmm. which is just pushing too hard and looking at a watch yeah. and not saying, I just want to finish one. It was like, I have to be, a, I want to try to go under four hours. And I think that's a, that's a fatal flaw for me because I didn't like the training. I would run a long run and come back and like lay on the couch for an hour and a half shivering. My wife would be like, you're okay. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I start training for an ultra and I'm running longer distances, but I'm going slower and I'm coming back and playing with my kids all day. So yeah. the mistake I made was, I, and I just didn't know. And I didn't appeal to my own sensibility. I looked, again, I went out, I went external. So I would have said no, and especially on that one day where I ran and I shouldn't have, and I ruptured my Achilles tendon and I couldn't run for mm. five weeks. That, that day I is burned in my brain. I remember getting out of the car. I was cold. I fell a half a mile in, fell. I was exhausted. My knee was yeah. bleeding and I still go, oh, I got to finish the run. And then on the way back, mm. rupture my Achilles tendon. I remember, I remember the weather. I remember that whole day. It's so burned in my brain. It was like, what was I thinking? Yeah, you know, and I wasn't thinking. That's the thing. I, mind first, body second. It was all about the body. It was all about the external, and I pushed it and, and I paid for it. But good learning experience. You've shared so much about what you do love about ultra running, but I would love to 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 hear from you. What's the biggest benefit that you found personally from it? Um, I think it's created a, an opposition to most of what goes on in the modern world. Everything's speeding up, technology's speeding up, disconnection from each other. Social media is, you know, again, people are on it. I I get it. I quit everything in 2018 as an experiment and never went back. And I, so what I'm talking about is actual connection, not social. In in my six truths book, one of the truths is social media ain't social. And again, to appeal to this kind of real human part of us, that's what ultra running, I just, I just think it's, it's just got that 
kind of counterweight to all this stuff. And even if you get on it for a half hour, it's got a thing that bleeds into all the other parts of your life. The other thing I really like about it is when you do the ultra distance, so there's part of it's being on trails, there's no doubt about it, major part, but the ultra distance going that long, getting broken down, and I mean in a good way, raw, people come across my finish line often crying. And they're not crying from pain. They're crying from emotional release. They're crying from mm -hmm. things that they've been holding on to, plus the fear of the day and how can I do this? What if I fail? And it all comes mm -hmm. out. And I, one of the things I cap my race at 150 runners, I do, I do no more than that ever, um, is because I greet every single runner when they come across the finish line. I, see, I get to see that. And sometimes they just come up and give me a hug and they're like in tears and it's this kind of thing. And I, that's the stuff that I is missing from the modern world. We are distracted and we're pushing stuff down and we're not opening up and we're closing down and we're keyboard bravado and vitriol and all this kind of stuff. But I like the ultra distance because of that, because it does provide perspective to some of the stuff that we get wrapped up in our daily lives, office politics, the news, drama. There's this thing of like, this isn't that big of a deal. I did this thing. You know, I did, mm -hmm. I did a 50 miler, you know, like it, it, this office politics, meh. I used to get wrapped up in it and it's not that big of it. It's like, it's not that stressful, you know, and it for, provides this great perspective when you've gone through something like that, the stuff that you used to think was a big deal, isn't that big of a deal anymore. And that, that I think is a real powerful thing too. It's that sort of testing your metal kind of, uh, kind of uh, reality. Beautiful. Well, I feel like sign me up. I mean, maybe I'll try to get on whatever wait list you have for your own race that you direct or look into others. But yeah. I think if we always like to think about where can we start and, uh, I, you know, I didn't tell you ahead of time to think about this, but if there's one thing they can do to get started on this, what would you think that is? Um, I would start to listen to, you know, ultra runner podcast, you know, I'm not, there's no sell here, but like a book like mine is a very accessible opening in. I will say some of the ultra running books out there, um, can be very stressful if they're training books, because all of a sudden you start to see what you're into. And so I would sort of stay away from that stuff at first, you know, read some stories of, yeah. of runners that, that are not training plans, you know, and, and finding ultra by Rich mm -hmm. Roll. He's a friend of mine. I, I will support him till the cows come home because he helped launch my career. Scott Jerk's got a great one, Eat and Run, like, you know, Jillian uh, Cornet, uh, I can't remember his name is, uh, of course, now it's Killian Jornet. Anyways, great runners and read, and, and read their stories um, yeah. and see what they're doing and the challenges that they represent and sort of get inspired by them. But make no mistake, there is work to be done. You can't, hack it. It's a, a another reason why I love ultra You can't hack it. You cannot hack this sport. You cannot, I'll do the, I'll cheat the thing. It's like, if you don't get your feet on the ground, it's you're not going to happen, period. And so there's a, there's some like animal stuff in a good way that I think we need to, I think we do better to return to a little bit or at least appreciate. Love that. Well, I want to encourage them to check out ultra running for normal people. And, and we also want to share wherever you would like them to go. So since you're not on social, where can they go then to connect more with you? Um, my w website, is, the main one for me is sidgarzahillman.com. Pretty, pretty straightforward. And then s my coaching is smallstepintensive.com. And that's, you know, people, uh, I have a, you know, online program, and but I do personal, you know, private coaching, 12 week kind of thing. So those are the two main things. I do have a YouTube channel and I have a podcast. And if they go to sidgarzahillman.com, it's, you can see all that stuff and then you can get your podcast wherever you get it. But yeah, it's a, at least it's a good hub. Awesome. We will link to all of those. Sid, thank you so much. I enjoyed this. Such a pleasure. I guess I'll see you in five years. Is that how we... <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'll still be around. <laughs> you will be. Anyway, really nice to see you again. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.